get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games Well, we have a final from the 109th Grey Cup here in Regina. The Toronto Argonauts knock off the favorite Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The final score, 24-23 in, objectively speaking, one of the wildest, most classic Grey Cup games we have really ever seen in nearly 110 iterations of this Canadian Championship game. Welcome inside Bonfire Sports. Thanks to everybody out there for joining us. Call this your therapy session, Bomber Nation. Let us know how you're feeling. Hit up the live chat. Uh, text the hotline. People have already been texting uh, seven. Uh, pardon me, two zero four eight one six eight four seven seven. That's eight one six tips. Standard message rates apply. My name is Darren Bonney. Joined as always by Winnipeg Blue Bombers super fan Zach Schnitzer. We're going to get into it all tonight. All of the things that happened in this game, the big picture, the small picture, and everything in between. But Zach, first. Let's get your perspective on how you're feeling right now and uh, maybe just a, a brief comment on, on how the night went for you. Um, yeah, we're just getting a little buzz here, Darren. It was fine when, when our little chat here, I know what was going on. Anyway, you're saying that Wi-Fi over there in Regina is, uh, <laughs> is pretty bad. Um, honestly, buddy, I, I'm gutted, you know, like this is, this is brutal 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 way to lose i yeah. there was so much about the game that i was really really disappointed by buddy and you know i uh, i was kind of mad after the west final because i thought I, I wanted to see a bomber's butt kicking and they didn't provide that it took a janarian grant punt return touchdown to win that game in some ways and you saw that continue here. Now, I don't know if it was Zach. I don't know if it was the play calling. You know, you can blame uh, you can blame Mark Leggio for sure. <laughs> you know, you can you can look at the offenses, 246 yards of net offense. You can look at the bad luck against the Argos and when we play them in the Grey Cup. Now we're 0 and 8. I had a bad feeling coming into this game, buddy. But I also thought, hey, we're we're either going to just crush them or it's going to be a close nail-biting game. And yeah. there's just so much to talk about in this game. Just a bizarre game. You've got two I really I really want to really know goals. how you're feeling. I really want to know how you're feeling. Is my mic still buzzing? Yeah. It's oh, weird. Okay. Well, tell me how you're feeling as a Bombers fan with your team, your favorite team, Zach going for a third straight Grey Cup championship, yeah. being the favorite, and things looking like they were going in the Blue Bombers' direction late in the game just to get the rug pulled out from under them. Well, you know, even, you know, I, I, I'm i gutted, man. Like I said, like it's just, as a fan here, is, is Josh Wolf is, is, is crushed, devastated. I mean, to be one point away, I meant two if, if you want to win it, from from it being, you know, a... a, a a back-to-back -back 
versus a dynasty is is crushing. There's no other way to put it. I mean, it's it's gut wrenching. It's it's sickening. Uh, it's it's just the the game of football is like that. It it is <laughs> glorious when you win, but when you lose, you know, and and it doesn't take much to lose in the CFL. There's only nine teams. The the Argos maybe had our number, Darren. I know fans are just totally devastated. But it it really blows. But but at the end of the at the end of the day, I feel the most for the players. Right? Like they put it all on the line this year. They put their bodies on the line. I, I can't even imagine how hard that is. And what? so to lose it like that for them. Uh, especially for the guys who haven't won a great cup yet, the newer guys. It's brutal. It's brutal. I, I, you were in the locker room, Darren. I can't imagine what, what they were going through. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a locker room. Unlike really anything I've, I've seen before. And, um, you know, I remember being in Blue Bombers locker rooms when uh, they did not have a good football team. And we'd go into the room after a loss and, you know, we would talk to um, Max Hall or we would talk to Chad Simpson or we would talk to Glenn January. Uh, you know, that era of Blue Bombers football in, in the early parts of my career, um, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, that sort of thing. And it's, it was, it's different now. It was very different in that locker room tonight. And, and how I would describe it is, um, Dennis, good to see you had a, a blast at Shannon's pub. They did have a, a nice great cup party, uh, tonight. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about them in a bit, but what differentiated from the blue bombers post gray cup locker room tonight versus those losing locker rooms I've maybe been in the past is where before where it was just kind of discussed with how they played tonight. They really shared the sentiment that the Argos just played better than them. And if I had to put it in one word, it's shock mm-hmm. and not shock at the Argos. Everybody I spoke in there gave credit to the Toronto Argonauts mm-hmm. as a classy mm-hmm. sportsman, sports person would do for sportsmanship. Um, but shock with mm-hmm. how they failed to accomplish their goal. Um, many players I spoke to, and you'll get a chance to uh, hear from them and, and, and some of my one-on-one conversations uh, with a handful of Winnipeg Blue Bombers um, off the top of my head. doesn't even matter. We're, we're going to get to those on Bonfire Sports uh, in the coming days. I, I got to get home. I got to get home. Um, <laughs> but some were quite numb and others were quite emotional. Um, Brady Oliveira was very emotional. Mike Miller was very emotional. Um, you know, Pat Newfeld was... Um, you know, maybe I don't want to put put words in their mouths. Uh, I'll let, you know, their words themselves speak for them and, and you'll hear them on mm-hmm. Bonfire in the coming days. However, uh, 
some were very numb and others were very emotional. And I think that kind of fits, right? I don't think anybody in that Blue Bombers locker room went into the 109th Grey Cup thinking we got a good shot. They went into that game thinking if we do what we need to do, we will win a third straight title. And they didn't. They didn't win. They lost 24-23. And I'll just share what they told me. The Toronto Argonauts made one more play than they did. The way that game shook out in the fourth quarter, I don't know if you could, I don't know if you could write that. That was quirky and weird. You know, the opposing quarterback, uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, hurts his thumb on his throwing hand. You throw in Chad Kelly. Like, I'm sitting next to Dave Naylor at TSN. He's, you know, he's typing away and, and writing a story. And, you know, he says to me in the fourth quarter, after Chad Kelly makes that unbelievable run, dodging Ricky Walker in the backfield, like that could have been a monster sack for Ricky Walker as a guy to, to, to step in and step up. Uh, dodging other tacklers, you know, that 20 yard run that set them up on, I think the 16 yard line. Dodging big hill, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. He made, he made guys miss. That that was fantastic football from Chad Kelly and a huge credit to him. Like, man, you know, this game was tough to pick an MOP and an MOC and I was honored to have a vote. Um, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later, but the way that play kind of changed everything, I think really shook the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And they were like, wow, how do we come back from that? Um, you know, Zach, there's there's some things in this game that, that really stand out to me as um, moments, you know, that, that could have been be your bonfire burning point, right? And some people are going to look at Mark Leggio. Some people are going to look at Dakota Prukop. Some people are going to look at Zach Kolaris. Yeah. Some people are going to look at the Blue Bombers defense or individuals on that defense. In the end, though, to me, the difference in this game was just the better team today won. Yeah. And full credit to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They are a proud group. They kept their chins high. They, uh, you know, spoke, um, you know, they put themselves in front of the microphone. They put themselves in front of my microphone and many, many others. And the cameras and and they they spoke honestly and frankly about just not getting the job done and how bad they felt for their teammates and how bad they felt for Blue Bombers fans who have been so supportive of them. Um, you know that that was a line of my questioning. How how what, what do you say to Blue Bombers fans out there that that are feeling some of what you're feeling right now? You know. Couple of them are like, hey, you know, we we appreciate you uh, support and and the rest. We love you like you love us, like the whole thing. A couple of others said sorry, like they legitimately feel bad that they didn't deliver because I think that's where the you know the the belief was really there. But plain and simple, Zach, when when Dakota Prukop comes into the game, in my opinion, inexplicably, Dakota Prukop enters the game inexplicably first play of that drive Brady Oliveira runs for 13 yards second play Dakota Prukop comes in on first and 10 near midfield and throws into double coverage yeah I know there were two blue bombers receivers there 
but there were two Toronto Argonauts defenders there. Yep. That's double coverage. You're throwing it into an area where there are two defenders. That was a dangerous throw. And it was a little bit confounding why Winnipeg was trying to do that. Were they feeling desperate? Were they too fancy? Were they trying something gadget to swing the game in their direction? This is the way I look at it, Zach. The Blue Bombers are the better football club. They worked tonight, but in a vacuum, any other night, they're the better team. They were the favorite. Of course they're the better team. But they weren't tonight, and that's why they're not great cup champs for a third straight year. However, yeah, go ahead. to, To finish my thought, if you're the better football team, and it's a close game, and Winnipeg has been in these close games before, and they've persevered and they've prevailed. Why do you do something like that? I don't understand. It's the one part of the game where I can't say, well, hey, Toronto was better, or while Toronto made a nice play or whatever. I don't understand that particular play. That's at least my first take on the 109th Grey Cup. That play is mystifying as hell, Darren, and it wasn't the only one with Prukop. We've seen Prukop have success as the season has gone on 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 second and short and and also second and medium. But to keep him there on first down, you you saw a first down in the red zone. Now, the Bombers ended up capitalizing on it because they got a Walatarski, a DPI on on Walatarski, right? So Prukop does punch two in. But that there, there was there was a few gadget plays I would say with Dakota Prukop. The only way I can possibly possibly understand those and and rectify those is because they maybe maybe they didn't think they didn't think Zach was a hundred percent. Or they thought that he gave him a better chance, but the way the Zach was throwing, I don't think he had a great game. He, I mean, he didn't have a, he didn't even have a good game. But you know, do you what, want though? your MOP Zach in was... there on first down, or do you want your third stringer throwing a bomb? I, I don't think it had anything. I don't think it had anything to do with Zach Kolaris and his health or his ability to play. So I then, so then it's tonight... unforgivable. Then it's unforgivable for now. Like I am, I am steaming mad about what did, it. What did we see from Zach Kolaris tonight? We saw him rolling out of the pocket. We saw him delivering yeah. nice passes. Was the Blue Bombers' offense on point tonight? No. Did they run the ball well? I thought so. Oliveira so. ran the ball extremely well. yards for Brady Oliveira. If the Blue Bombers had won tonight, Brady Oliveira would have been the most outstanding Canadian. No Absolutely, no, no he might have been the me. MOP. Maybe MVP or whatever they whatever they call it, right? Maybe. But Zach Kolaris was 61%. He threw for 183 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Uh, he was okay. And physically, he looked totally fine. And I don't mean, well, he was probably like he, he played okay, but you know, something was bogging bugging him. Nothing was bugging Zach Kolaris. He looked like his regular self, rolling out, escaping, that that sort of thing. Did he have the maybe the 100% full explosion? No. But I don't think he was limited in any discernible way. Um, that said, McLeod Bethel-Thompson did not play well. 
in this game. No. He was 54%. Winnipeg's defense had, they, they did quite well against the pass, except for some big, big chunk plays. Cameron Phillips was injured early in the season. And he, you know, talking to people in the press box during the game, it's like, you know, Cam Phillips played pretty well. Yeah. Um, when, when he was healthy, comes back, steps into the Grey Cup, four catches, five targets for a game-high 96 yards, uh, w- which was really, really impressive. 24 yards per reception, uh, three second-down conversions, uh, one nice chunk play. Uh, yeah, had, that, had the long of 37. Um, Cameron Phillips was really good. Tavares Daniels, 7 on 12 for 58 yards. He was very good. But the quarterbacking for Toronto was not good. That that's the sorry, that's the thought. I I, I failed to finish my thought earlier about uh what Dave Naylor mentioned to me tonight. And it was every team in the CFL played their number two quarterback in some meaningful capacity this season. Drew Brown stepped in on the final possession of a game early in the season. I think it was their first game, right? First game. And he won. He scored a touchdown yeah. and then they won, right? BC used more than one quarterback. Edmonton, Calgary, Saskatchewan, Hamilton, Ottawa, Montreal. All of them except Toronto. And in comes Chad Kelly in the Grey Cup of his first season in Canada. And the legend Jim Kelly's son made a play that turned the game He was a spark of energy that the Toronto Argonauts really, really needed and really, really took advantage of. Um, To me, that single play, that 20-yard run changed the game. That's my bonfire burning point. I'll bring it out right off the top. That's the burning point 100%, right? Uh, Started a little bit. The momentum started to swing with, uh, with the Prukop interception which was a fantastic catch by Shaq Richardson, let's be honest, but still a terribly, terribly thrown ball, terrible decision. You know, even, even you know, you, you say, you know, it's in hindsight where you say it's a terrible play call, but just just even if you think about it objectively, regardless of the outcome, you're putting your third string quarterback who hasn't, the only bomb he threw that I remember this season, Darren, was a gadget play on second and short where you had Dembski one-on-one. And it was a good throw. Okay, but that's different than throwing, you know, you're running the offense at that point, first and 10 with with a whole spread offense there. I mean, it's 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 just hard to justify that to me. But you know, that's just one thing, right? The bombers had 246 net yards. That is just not going to get it done. Now, it almost did. Toronto and had that... 300. Sorry to interrupt, just so people know. You're yeah. right. 246. Toronto had 333. So nearly 100 yeah. yards more. Nearly 100 yards more. Their offense was clicking. They Even even though you're saying, like, you know, Macbeth wasn't, wasn't great, their offense still moved the ball better. They had, some, they had a little bit of momentum and flow in the game that the Bombers Harris, just didn't. Harris touched the ball 10 times. And, uh, well, he ran the ball 10 times. He had uh, a catch for 14 yards, but 10 carries, 55 yards, 5.5 yards per carry, and real energy punches. 
when Harris had the ball. AJ Lett obviously had uh, two touchdowns uh, on the day, uh, six carries for 24 yards. He averaged four yards per carry, which is it's, it's enough. It's enough, especially yeah. when you get into the end zone twice and you got Harris running for five and a half per. Yeah, no, Ulet Ulet punched it in when he had to, right? The, the, those weren't, you know, the goal line punch it in uh, from Ulet. Yep. Um, you know, they were they were five six yard touchdown uh, runs. But listen, at the end of the day, as as weird as this ball game was. The Bombers gave themselves a chance when they, after the Muamba pick, and Nick Hallett, who's my happy honker, by the way. I'm just going to throw it out there because I'm too tired to, to save it. I don't have the mental energy here. <laughs> um, he blocks a punt, and, and I, uh, one, of the, one of the posters here said, uh, one of the fire starters, and I'm glad you're all here, folks. I, I think this is a, yeah, this is awesome a tough to one, and, and uh, I'm glad awesome you're to here just to – just to get it out, right? I'm going to be brutally honest. And Darren, I mean, we're that's that's our thing, right, Darren? We're just going to lay it out there. We're going to be honest with how we feel. Um, we would be in, we would be doing a disservice to everybody out there yeah. if we tried to put lipstick on a pig no, or this gloss is... this one up or, or say it, you know, in, in a in a better frame. The Blue Bombers were not the better team tonight. No, when you're not the better team in two teams playing against each other. You don't deserve to win. No, so. They didn't deserve to win. They didn't. But at the same, it's like that Montreal game. We didn't deserve to win that either. But we still had a chance at the end, right? You get that Nick Hallett blocked field goal. You get that crazy third and 13 sack where, what's his name? Was it uh, Robbie Smith? Yeah. Uh, Oh, man. He took the game, then he gave it back, then he took the game again. Face mask call, right? Then you get uh, then you get Zach throwing a dime to Greg Ellingson, and you're thinking, okay, like we're going. E- even though there still would have been time time left if we hit that that go ahead field goal, you still you know you're still thinking, okay, we're we're gonna go and win this game. There was a destiny feel to this uh, when Hallett blocks it, and then you know just like all night, right? The Bombers' offense just couldn't click. They they I, passed when they should have ran. They ran when they should have passed at times. They got too cute. The Argos D-line, that is why they won the game. You, you can talk about all the other things you want. Zach was under pressure. He got sacked four times. Uh, the, you know, that is why they won the game. The other stuff, I get it. But, but they were in his face all day. The O-line had trouble. I saw Jeff Gray really have trouble a couple times. Hardrick, they, Couture. I'll, 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 just put it, I'll just put it out there, Zach. Sean Oakman beat up on Jeff Gray in the Grey Cup. Yeah, Jeff Gray was the weak really, spot. really, really, really tough time handling Sean Oakman, who, by the way, is a, you think Willie Jefferson is a freak of nature? He's a freak of nature with, like, length and agility and, and those sorts yeah. of things. Sean Oakman. Oakman is a freak of nature with size and strength. It's unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yet they still have a chance. But I was I confident in Legio hitting a 47-yarder? Absolutely not, Darren. Absolutely not. Because you know what? Did you notice in the first quarter they opted to punt when he was when when he had a 50-yard uh field goal opportunity? In His the, range sorry, wasn't the, there tonight. He that had was in the first th- quarter? The first quarter, I believe. That was against the wind. 
the first quarter was against wind. Right. So they punted, but and then he misses the extra point. Okay. On the Darian Grant touchdown. That is an That made it a, from a 10-point game to a nine-point game. That, that in the fourth quarter, that's a huge, huge absolutely miss. Absolutely huge yeah. miss. And I really hoped Darren and, and all the, the fire starters here. Mark Legace, great karma. Yeah, exactly. Karma, right? But I don't believe in karma. Okay. What I do believe in is patterns and, and in, in pressure spots, his field goal percentage wasn't great, but it wasn't as bad as Beatty's. Beatty's missed three. Okay. Boris Beatty didn't have a banner night either tonight. But Legio, as was a bit of a pattern here, Darren, he missed the extra point. And you just cannot do that again and again. I get it. The league average is 90%. He was slightly below. But but sometimes it's the time and place that you miss it. This team had had really, they were getting dominated. And that Janarian Grant punt return touchdown should have put them in front for good. And he misses the extra point. They allow that punt a nine return, point lead, but still yeah, a nine point lead. It's still a nine point lead with nine, nine to go. Uh, they let, they let them back in with an interception and then another interception. And, and then that Chad Kelly, 20 yarder and, and all credit to Chad Kelly. Right. But we saw big Hill miss some tackles this year. He missed a tackle at the worst time. And again, I'm not going to throw shade on Biggie, but I'm just saying all the things, all the bad things that could happen came to roost tonight, Darren. And it's, it's really crappy. And, 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 and I get it if you just get beat and they got beat and Toronto, Toronto deserved to win the game, but Toronto also tried to beat themselves too. The penalties that they took yep. should have lost them the game. Yes. And I was sure when Banks took that objectionable conduct and then they tried to challenge for a just a really pithy PI attempt. But hey, they're, you know, they're thing, yep. whatever. You, um, might, you might as well at that point. You yep. might as well. I didn't have a problem with it, but you know, that, that, that face mask. Toronto gave the Bombers every chance to win this game, even though the Bombers didn't play very well. And sometimes when you bring your B game or your C game, you can still win if you're an elite team. But when your kicker misses a PAT, I get it if you miss a 45-yarder or a 50-yarder or even that 47-yarder, Darren, at the end of the game. I, someone told me that the laces were <laughs> in and it wasn't a good, very good snap. I didn't see it. The snap was low. The hold was there. The laces, I don't think, impeded Legio from kicking it. They might have been a little bit inside, but, you know, sometimes that's a reality of, of uh, you know, snap, hold, kick connection, right? Um, but... <laughs> I, I just don't want people to, again, just my opinion. I don't think Bombers fans or, or even fans of other teams should look at this game and say, well, if Mark Leggio had hit that uh, convert, the Bombers would have won because they would have been tied and they'd go to overtime. They probably would. Or if Leggio, you know, was able to, to get that. Both teams blocked a field goal. Yeah. Okay. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers 
really punched back like like what a huge swing in momentum to get a Grey Cup record 102 yard punt return touchdown to go up nine points. Yeah, that that that's when the the interception happened. But this is the thing. Dakota Prukop punches in a touchdown for the Bombers to go up 16-14, okay? Late in the third quarter. A couple minutes left. Toronto goes 2 and out. Winnipeg 2 and out. Toronto 2 and out. So it's kind of a wash at that point. Bombers are leading by 2, okay? Toronto punts at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Janarian Grant brings that touchdown back. It's 23-14. They missed the field goal. Okay, it's nine points. I thought to myself at that point, not good. Not good that he missed that convert because 10 is two scores, nine. Yes, it's two scores, but two scores wins instead of tying. Um, then the Toronto Argonauts, didn't really do much. They they took advantage of a, a nice kick return um, from, from their returner. And five plays, 27 yards. Boris B kicks a 36-yard field goal. Okay? So it's 23-17. Early-ish in the fourth quarter. Winnipeg has the football. Oliveira runs it 13 yards on first down. Okay? We're moving, Right? Dakota Prukop comes in, throws in a double coverage. Shaq Richardson picks it off. Toronto has the ball in their own 20. And Chad Kelly comes into the game, and it's like, what's going to happen now? Is Winnipeg going to put their foot on the throat of their opponent and say, we're not going to let you take this game over with a backup quarterback that really hasn't played any meaningful quarterback snaps? Yes, he's run some gadget, and he's run the short yardage really effectively, but he hasn't been a, okay, let's move the chains quarterback. And he comes in, Javon Leak is the, the, the Argonauts returner, forgive me. But he hits Phillips for 15. He hits Ambles for 15. Willie, Je- or, um, Willie Jefferson gets a, a nice knockdown. It's a four-play drive and they punt. Winnipeg, four-play drive and they punt. And then Chad Kelly says, hold my beer. <laughs> and it's... Set up by a 44-yard Javon Leak punt return to the Winnipeg 31. Brandon Banks takes that objectionable conduct. Okay, they're going to settle for a field goal. And, you know, it's still going to be a Blue Bombers lead by three. And instead, Chad Kelly rips off that 20-yard run that absolutely changed this game. Because I think Winnipeg's defense said, okay, it's red zone. We got this guy, and suddenly they didn't have this guy. Uh, Daniels catches an eight-yard pass for a first down. First and goal from the five. One play later, A.J. Olette is in for his second touchdown of the game, and that was your final score, 24-23. You know, that's my bonfire burning point. I don't know if you have a a different one, Zach. I I like your Happy Honker Award, but, you know, we can talk about block kicks, and we can talk about the run game and winning the line of scrimmage and how well Toronto's D-front played, how well Winnipeg's D-front played. But in the end, in that series of possessions, in the middle of the fourth quarter, the story of this game was told. Yeah. In my opinion. And when when Chad Kelly came in, at first I thought they pulled Macbeth because he was ineffective because the 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 final throw he had before they pulled him was when him and Banks were completely reading different playbooks. 
And Banks was pissed. And I thought, they're going to implode. Chad Kelly comes in. Who the F is Chad Kelly? He's their short yardage quarterback who's done nothing. I'm thinking to myself, this is the Bombers dynasty signature moment. This is the dynasty dark side defense. This is Richie Hall's defense. And this guy, and he, you saw him, he was playing with fire. And he, he, he got, as you said, he, he hit three great completions, but then they're backed up second and 20. Jefferson takes the offside call. Fine. He's still second and 15. He's a backup quarterback in the gray cup against the dark side defense in the fourth quarter going against the wind. And he rips off a 20 yard scamper. Right. Yep. And it was brutal. But they still had a chance to come back. But but Darren, I want to talk about I don't want to talk too much about Legio, but but the last thing I'll say about Legio is this because they didn't lose because of a lost extra point. But it but in a gray cup game when the game is tight and it's a defensive battle, it's inexcusable. And I'll just leave it at that. But the other thing that Andre Harms uh, said here, and I totally agree because I was looking at field position. And field position is huge in any football game. It's not always the sexy 40-yard bombs, right? Or or the big or the big runs of over 20 yards. It's field position. And Mark Leggio not only missed the PAT, his kicks even with the wind, his kickoffs, Darren, were putrid. And I don't know if that's because of scheme, because they're trying you're to kick the you're talking the punts? No, I'm talking the kickoffs. Okay. His kickoffs lofted into the air, and the Argos were catching them on the 20-yard line against, and Winnipeg had the wind. That you know is what's interesting, that, Zach? I don't know why. Is that a scheme thing so they could take him down at the 25? If it was, it I, didn't work. I don't know. I do know Argos this. Because the had great field position. I do know this. Mark Leggio kicked in Mosaic this week once. Unless it happened another time and I'm unaware, which is possible. But my understanding is Mark Leggio went out one day after the Argos were done practicing and the Blue Bombers were, were yet to practice at the field on the other side of town. They were, they were practicing at Libel Field, a beautiful uh, outdoor complex uh, here, here in Regina. Uh, Winnipeg did not practice at Mosaic. They did walk through inside their locker room and then came out on walkthrough day and did a little media. They didn't show anything as far as their game plan to anyone inside Mosaic Stadium. They just didn't trust it. Mm -hmm. However, Mark Leggio did not practice in Mosaic all week. Mosaic is a very, like, this isn't an excuse. It's just my perspective on what could have a factor in things. That's it. In the end, these are human beings. Humans make errors. Humans make amazing things happen. And sometimes they make, you know, a little bit in between. But just my perspective, he did not practice in that stadium. It's a very unique design. It's open on one end. It's closed on the other, except for a gap. You watch the flags at the top of the goalposts. On the north end, they're flat dead. And on the south end in Pill Country, they're blowing like this. Well, and at one point, the commentators on TSN said the wind, even when we were supposed to have the wind, sort of started blowing the other way. So for sure, 
It, it could have been that. Yeah, yeah, but Legio's played in in Mosaic before, and he's kicked well in Mosaic before. We were talking he's, about he, he won Monday the Labor week. Day yeah. right with the fifty five yeah. yarder. Um, I'm just saying the field position battle was tilted against the Bombers all night, and on a night when their offense wasn't bringing their A game, either because they just didn't have it or because the the Argo defense really came to play, and that that's that's my key to the game, right? That D line and those linebackers, they really put the boots to us, and and they deserve to win. But it's it's disappointing when when and he was out punted by Haggerty. His kickoffs weren't as good as Beatty's, and I think the 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 field goal thing is kind of a wash. Yeah, um, it's it's too bad, and it's something the Bombers have to look at. Right, it, it's not just oh, as Beatty's. No, no question, no question, they need to look at kicker. I honestly want to leave it at this as far as the kicker conversation. I'll let you respond to this, of course, but sure. um, not to belabor it, right? But Mark Leggio is reminding me a little bit of Tyler Kropinia and his career arc in a couple years in Saskatchewan where the numbers were okay, pretty good, not bad, getting better, young Canadian kid. Okay, let's see, let's see, let's, let's stick. And then... He just missed too many big kicks, big yeah. kicks and big moments and big games. And the Saskatchewan Rough Riders decided to, to move on. They have a fantastic kicker now in Brett Lowther. Yeah. Fantastic kicker. Yeah. Um, but this is pro football. Like any pro sport, you get paid to perform. And if you don't perform, you're not going to get paid. And, um, you know, the, the Blue Bombers are going to look at a lot of things. The offensive line, there will be changes moving forward. Like Stanley comes back, great. Jamarcus comes back, great. Pat Newfeld comes back, great. Those are the older guys. That's why I bring them up. But there will be changes. There's going to be changes on the D-line. There's going to be changes in the secondary, um, in the receiving core, no doubt. Yeah. However. But, Yeah. What I'm saying is, reminds me a little bit of the Tyler Carpina, uh yeah. career arc, couple years in, in Saskatchewan before. And of course, he joined the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, you know, wasn't able to revitalize his career here uh, in Winnipeg either. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what, what, uh, what the winter brings uh, and into next season. Well, and that's, that's, I guess, Darren, I'll just finish with this. That's the really tragic part i would say is this team is getting older yes they had a 15 and 3 season but it's not like they were blowing teams out i i feel like looking back now in hindsight last year was sort of the apogee of this team mm-hmm. and and nobody would give two f's or even three how they won this game three in a row is three in a row they would have said if, if we want a squeaker they would have said, you know what? Kolaris was hurt. You're playing the Argos, who you historically don't play well. And I'm not talking about 70 years ago, folks. I'm talking about in the last three years, they've played us tough. And so nobody would have cared if it was a squeaker, right? They would have said, we are a dynasty in a, in a, in, a, in an era of a coach's salary cap, uh, one-year contracts, and they didn't get it done. Yeah. And I think I think we have to name that, that that is an epic, 
catastrophic failure. I, I'm I not taking it. any way, any, and you've yep. said it. I'm not taking anything away from the Argos. I think they deserve to win, but they had an opportunity despite, you know, crapping on themselves all game. They kept getting opportunities to come back. And you saw that with the Hallett block, blocked kick, Darren, field goal kick, that would have put it up to four points, right? That would have meant we would have had to go and score a field, uh, a touchdown, rather. You saw it with penalties. And and then you saw it with that, you know, inexplicable face mask, right? On 30-15. Hey, that, that's, a, that's a tough play. Look, yeah, if, if the, if the Bombers had won... There would be, objectively speaking, objectively speaking, and and uh, John Chan, I want to comment on on your comment, respond to your comment in just a second um, up on the screen here. But um, that face mask, objectively speaking, if that had turned the tide of the game into the Blue Bombers' favor and they had won, that would be a legitimate kind of like, uh, greasy-ish thing in the game. You disagree? I, you know what? And 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 maybe it's because I'm a fan and you're a reporter, Darren. As a fan, it is so hard to win three in a row. And you got Kolaris hurt. I know I'm repeating myself. You got Kolaris hurt. You're playing a mosaic. You want to win in that Ryder locker room. You're playing against the enemy now, Andrew Harris. You're You're playing against the Argos who give you a tough time. I don't think fans would have cared one freaking lick. They would have said, you know what? He made a mistake. And the Bombers took advantage and they would have said that because that's what the Bombers do. They take advantage of every little inch. And they, and they, and if they would have won the game on that, maybe, may, and, and, and no, no knocking you. I'm just saying maybe that's something reported. And, and folks on the chat, no, let me know it, if it's I'm not wrong. about reporters or not. If I don't think the fans fan, would give your, two, two shit. If you're a Blue Bomber fan, hold tight. If you're a Blue Bomber fan, put yourself in the other shoes and think if you got beat in a Grey Cup because your defensive tackle was trying to wrap up a quarterback and the hand grabs the, like just grazes the face mask as they're trying to grab. If you play football, if you know how the game works from a technical standpoint of like how to tackle, how to block, how to play, how to pursue, all of those things. Those face masks are like, oh, it's like the most frustrating thing ever because you're trying to play clean and you're wrapping up a quarterback and the hand comes down across and it grabs the face at 15 yards. It is an absolute killer. So objectively speaking, if it went the other way and that face mask was like, it would kind of mar it all. And like Gregory's saying, I'm going down the road of a conspiracy theorist. No, I'm not. I'm going down the road of somebody who watches the game from no standpoint. I'm standing there in the middle of the field. I'm wearing black, okay? And I'm watching for what's happening because the story is what fans deserve. Not Bombers fans, not Argos fans, not Stampeders or or Ticats fans. What fans deserve they deserve the story told and the opinions of many told from an objective perspective that's what they deserve however um you know uh that all that all said and done 
I, I want to respond to, to John Chan here. Why didn't Legio practice at Mosaic where the Bombers not allowed to practice on the game field? That's insane. No, that's not the case. They were allowed to practice at Mosaic all week. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers chose to practice off-site. They chose to practice outside of Mosaic. Why did they do it? Well, Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press reported it. They didn't want any eyes or ears on their operations. They didn't want an iPhone left on, uh, you know, tucked away somewhere recording. They didn't want uh, maybe an eye in the sky in uh, some cavernous corner of, of, uh, of the Mosaic Bowl recording something during a walkthrough or practice. They weren't taking any chances. That's Michael Shea. That's Michael Shea football. Doesn't put anything to risk. And did it bite them? I don't think so. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to say that. That would be going down a conspiracy theorist's road. Well, and, okay. and if I could interject, and, right, like if, if you're, if you are, are looking at criticizing Mike O'Shea, I, I, I just think you're going down the wrong road there. You know, even if it wasn't the, it's Mike O'Shea. The guy is unimpeachable, and I've said it all the time, and maybe people think I'm being extreme. This guy takes in every little bit of information, and you saw it in the Ed Tate pieces, Jeff Hamilton pieces, stuff you were talking about, Darren. He thinks of every eventuality, and the players love him, and and that's won him six great cups as a player, an assistant coach, and and now as a head coach. I don't care about the 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 libel. The only thing about libel field I was running was it was named after a Jewish guy, to be honest, because I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> libel, you know, that's a that's that's a member of the tribe. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I, I don't care about that. It's it's just. Dude, we had a chance to to win a dynasty, a three peat winning that third game is probably the hardest. We, we had an injury riddled. Season. You know, and they didn't get it done, and they could have and should have, and that, and you know, I think we just have to name that it freaking sucks. It it blows. Even if Toronto deserved to win, uh, and I'm looking at James in the peg saying Hardrick has lost a few steps. It it, it sucks because this team, I don't know that they're going to be any better next year. They might be on the down. Unless they can get some new fresh blood in there, this O-line is getting older. Jeff Gray is not at the same level as the other guys on that O-line. Uh, Drew DeJarlay was a huge loss, and it came to roost tonight. Yeah. And I know no it was question. Sean Oakman, but it's it's just brutal. It was so just a brutal, brutal feeling as a fan. No, no, no question. No question. Blue Bomber Nation is reeling tonight and will for a while. This one stings. This one yep. is not an easy pill to swallow at all. Uh, with a one point loss to a team that won less games than the second place team in the West Division this year that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers took good care of, uh, took, you know, uh, took care of in, in the West final in the BC Lions. Can, can I just say one thing, Darren? Of course, yeah. John Elliott is saying good for the league that the Argos won. I'm going to call a huge BS on that because that if that were true, and, and I'm not I'm not taking a personal shot at you, John, I, I wish that were true. Yeah. But the sad thing and the shit thing is that that's not true. If that was true, then 
this you're talking about the oldest sports franchise in North America with the most Grey Cups. They've now won eight Grey Cups in a row, I believe. And and for many of those Grey Cups, they were the underdog. 2004, 2017, 2012, and now this year. It might have been the biggest underdog of all. Yep. And it has not moved the needle in Toronto one freaking bit. And that's what makes it sting even more, John and Darren. You know what would have been good for the league? It would have been good for the league if the BC Lions had won the Great Cup. Abs or Montreal, right? Those, Montreal, those, yeah, those, yeah, that would have been great for the league. Yeah, but Toronto, they don't give a rat's ass. And and there's ten thousand fan. I was on the Argos fan cast, X's and O's, X's and Argos with Ben Grant. There's a bunch of great Argos people out there, but yeah. there's not very many. Yeah, Winnipeg Sports Talk. Great to see you. Uh, to everybody out there hey, uh, in the Bonfire Starters. Get over to Winnipeg Sports Talk. Be sure to subscribe uh, uh, and check out their content. Uh, Hustler and Remo do such a great job, uh, you know, Monday to Friday to uh, to bring you the, the the great conversations around Winnipeg sports. But yeah, it was a clear face mask. You have to call it. I don't disagree. I'm just talking about like from a um, like from a I don't know if it's the right word at all, but like a holistic football perspective those things happen and it's just like it's just like it's like a puck going up over the glass and you get in a delay of game penalty that's what it's like it's like oh seriously two minutes because i you know it it, it bounced up I off the glass and over yeah it's i get, I, I get it greasy crappy things that it's like oh my god you try to make a good play and you end up, you know, biting yourself in the ass. Yeah, it's it, I think what you what I'm taking from it is and and I I get it. It's a good point in in one way because it's not like it's a technique failure necessarily. It's a it's a great play by by a D lineman and it's just kind of unlucky, right? And for a game yeah. to turn on that, I I totally agree from that perspective. I'm just talking about the big picture and what if they would, you know, and you look 20 years from now, even for league wide, right? If you're a historian of the CFL or if you're just a Bombers fan, how hard is it to win three in a row? And if it was, if it was because the, the, the Yargos got a bit unlucky, I don't think people would have cared in the big picture. They would have said, boy, it's hard to win three in a row. You need some luck to win three in a row. Even if you're an elite team, like the Bombers will take it. And you know what? The Argos have had their share of bounces. There's a reason there's a term called the Argo bounce. And I'm not talking about the bounce that went into Kerwin Bell's nuts before he got knocked over. I mean, that's, <laughs> I don't know what that one is, but uh, yeah, I Sorry, sure Dennis. hope so, Denise. Sorry, Dennis. Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh. Will the CFL exist 20 years from now? 20 years ago, the CFL, 25 years ago, the CFL nearly folded. And you're asking today, with new stadiums littered across the country, new rejuvenated ownership, is it going to exist in 20 years? If it has existed through the early late 90s, early 2000s to today, like, come on, we just played the 109th Grey Cup. Uh, the modern era began in 1958. Yeah, the CFL is going to be around. Yeah. I think it's just going to be going to be. Uh, I think they're going to be just just fine. Um, 
Zach, normally we do a Walby Warrior, Westward Wide of the Right, Bonfire Burning Point, uh, Happy Honker Game Balls. I, I think tonight it's just one of those games where I don't think we need to go into that. You know, you handed out a Happy Honker. I think that's a fantastic one, too. I'll give a Game Ball to Janarian Grant and Brady Oliveira. I think, uh, you know, Jackson Jeffcoat, the way he played early in the game. Um, but really tonight, I think this is, this is about, um, you know, a post-mortem on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers 2022 season. And th this is this is my overall take on the Blue Bombers as they stand today, right now, with the Toronto Argonauts partying with the Grey Cup here in Regina. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers did not lose their opportunity to be a dynasty tonight. That dynasty is still a potential and intact thing. If the Winnipeg Blue Bombers come back in 2023 and play Blue Bomber football as we've come to know it and appreciate it over the last three, four, five years, and they can get a championship, you're telling me three and four years isn't a dynasty? Oh, I think it is. I, I agree, Darren. Sorry, not three and four years, three and four seasons. Three right. in five years in four seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Even with three championships in a five-year span, and one of those years like wasn't even competitive because of because of COVID nineteen. Like goodness, no, so for sure. Don't fret. Don't just say, "Well, it's over. We didn't three peat." If you're a bomber fan, we didn't three peat. That that should not be a blue bomber fan's perspective. If if you love the Canadian Football League, I love the Canadian Football League. I love football. Period. I'll watch. I'll watch gridiron football in almost any way, shape, or form. I think it's the greatest game on earth. And our Canadian brand, in my opinion, is as good as football gets. Yeah, absolutely. With the rules and the culture and the nuance and the quirkiness and all of it. The CFL is unlike anything else. I love the NFL, college, U sports. You, you know, you guys know, hashtag rifle up. I love junior football uh, here in Canada, but a Blue Bombers fan shouldn't be thinking, oh, we blew it. It's over. Zach Kolaris is under contract for three more years. Brady Oliveira is 25 years old. Yep. If guys retire on the offensive line, Eric Lofton, Drew Richmond, who? You'll learn who they are. Those guys have been hanging around for a while. They clearly see something in them, right? Kyrie Wilson, Malik Clements, Demario Houston, Jamal Parker, Dietrich Desmond Nichols. Lawrence. Yeah, no, I hear you. There's but some I'm players not, on this team. You're There's right. a culture on this team that if changes happen, and like, like look what the Blue Bombers did this year. They set a franchise record with 15 wins. They nearly yeah. won a third straight Grey Cup. They lost by one point yep. on a neutral field to the Toronto Argonauts. And that's, dude, and they, you may, yeah. Sorry. There were people like, like Andrew Harris is, isn't a Blue Bomber anymore. A lot of people were thinking 2022 is not going to happen. I, I get you. I, I And you know what? We'll have to do a midweek show where we do a post-mortem. Maybe this Wednesday we'll talk, buddy. But I'm not quite there yet. I like what you're saying. I think I'll come around. But right now, the only thing that I'm thinking about is we didn't three-peat. And a lot of guys aren't going to be back. You will never have this team again, this exact team. And they didn't get it done. And they were like, it's, it's worse and you know where I'm going here, and so do the fans. It's worse when you're so freaking close. It doesn't matter if you deserve to win. 
it's just within the context of winning three and you're one point. You lose by one point. It's brutal. I mean, it's brutal. Like, uh, it's just a game, right? And all that. Like, I got to watch with my daughter and mother-in-law, and we had a great spread. We even had a charcuterie board and, you know, all that stuff, right? All, all the stuff that really matters, right? But uh, as a sports fan, you get you get greedy, and you want to get that third one. You want well, I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you mentioned that. Because Blue Bomber fans, I've learned this. Blue Bomber fans love kind of, um, <clears throat> what is it? Like embodying the values that Mike O'Shea and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers talk about, right? And, and that they, they hold true, right? Family, playing for your teammate, yep. hard work, focus, one and oh, right? All of those things that can really be translated to life as in general. For any individual. But do you know what Mike O'Shea and Zach Kolaris and Brady Oliveira and, and many others, uh, Adam Big Hill, were, were talking about over the last couple of weeks? They were talking about gratitude and the importance of having gratitude in your life. When the Bombers won the West Final, their message after that game was, we earned another week to play football together. Yep. Right? And if you're a Blue Bombers fan or just a CFL fan, the gratitude that you can express is that we saw an unbelievable 109th Grey Cup, a true classic that will no doubt be shown in those top 10 lists for a long, long time. And the Blue Bombers got beat by one point in what could have been a three-peat championship. This could very well fuel the Bombers to win a whole bunch more. But the gratitude, us objectively watching this league with love and passion for the game, those that subjectively watch and cheer on their favorite team, that's me and you, Zach. That's you and me, right? Gratitude in that we get to enjoy amazing football, incredible talent, Um motivating and inspiring stories from these players and from these teams and, and watching it all unfold in an entertainment venue, right? It's a pretty cool thing. And, and uh, gratitude goes beyond pro sports. Uh, have gratitude, uh, you know, for everything in your life. This is the last thing I'll say on this. I read something um, about a week and a half ago. And it said, your job is the dream of someone who's unemployed. Your home is the dream of somebody who doesn't have a home. Your relationship is the dream of somebody who's lonely. And it might've gone on and on, but that hit me and stuck with me and will probably always stick with me. So if you're feeling crummy right now, you're like, ah, the bombers blew it. Take a breath. Relax. It's not always easy to say like, oh, relax. Okay. But if you're feeling kind of bad, you know, you got a pillow when your head hits tonight. Be thankful you got that pillow. You got a bombers fan, uh, you know, in your household or on the other end of the phone or or whatever. Maybe it's here on Bonfire Sports. And, uh, you know, they're feeling like you feel. Have gratitude for that. 
The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are a heck of a football team. And we had an entertaining season, uh, you know, rookie of the year, MOP, most outstanding offensive lineman four times for Stanley Bryant, records galore, franchise, league, individual, team. Have gratitude for this football team because, uh, you know, you, you could be cheering for the Red Blacks or the Ticats or the Alouettes or the Elks or, you know, even uh, even the Toronto Argonauts, you know, uh, where, where uh, you don't have what you have here in Winnipeg if you're cheering for the Toronto Argonauts, right? So perspective, it, it, it really can, uh, it can change your life. Absolutely, it can, buddy, and and we still won two. We have a we have a great team, and I'm not going to say they're going to fall off a cliff. Uh, uh, I'm not, yeah. and I and I will practice gratitude, and I and I have to, to to make sure I didn't jump off a cliff. And I'm being hyperbolic, but no, I you mean I'm a, I'm a I'm a crazy I'm a crazy <laughs> fan, right? Yeah. I I will get to gratitude. I will get to the big picture tonight. It just blows. I, to be honest, yeah. though, I do feel worse for the guys in the locker room especially the guys that didn't get it done uh, and ha- don't have a ring. Right. And that, that's really, that's really sad. And, and I'm even really sad for Legio because he, he knows what happened better than all of us. Feel for all those guys, man. It's brutal. The feel coaches for feel for the guys that played their game of their life tonight. Yep. And aren't on the uh, celebratory side. And that's, you know? that's, you know, I think, as I get older, I try and think in shades of gray, like you're talking, Darren, you know, it, it, sports, it, it, you know, you, you have the extreme ups and extreme downs. It's kind of like being a parenting, uh, a parent, but <laughs> it's like you win or you lose, though. And this team, you said it before, buddy, it was gray cup or bust. And it was a bust. This Like for those players, it was and I know it's not a total bust because they got to play with each other and they loved it. And I know we're going to wrap yep. it up in a minute, but, but I just want to say um, that's, it's the hard part about football. It's, it's, it's the really hard part about the black and white nature of winning, losing. And as much as the culture was amazing and I love the players, I, I love, I love what they do, Darren. And I love why they do it. They make me extremely proud. And yet, at the same time, and and it's kind of a both and thinking, and they didn't get it done, and that yeah. that's hard to re- it's hard to rectify. It's hard to uh, I can't even speak at this point. Well, it, it's for just, every it's, win, for every yeah. win, there's the other side, right? That's why you so play it, the games. That's why sports is so freaking thrilling, yeah, and rewarding because you got to beat the other team. But but you know what? In a in a in a few days. When we talk again, I'll have better perspective, and I will appreciate because Wednesday, seven thirty. Yeah, absolutely, we have to do it. Reconcile. Thank you, Kenny's water bottle, and and Kenny as well, (laughs) who's I'm sure holding his water bottle. Um, I don't have a whole lot of brain cells left, but the the thing I want (laughs) to say is, in a few days, emotionally, I'll I'll be at a place where I I'm with you on gratitude, and I and I do practice it every day. I have a I have a gratitude journal, but. Tonight, it just blows, and I think you do have to feel your feelings. So, folks, um, feel your feels tonight and tomorrow or the next day. It takes a few days. Um, some of us have, you know, some of us are more, you know, just need to feel that <laughs> feelings more than others. Other people can move on quicker. I'm a pretty sensitive, deep feeler. I, I, I'm going to be pretty down for a few days, and I'm just going to let myself feel it. Of course, I still have to feed my kids and take out the garbage. But, <laughs> the important um, things. 
and there's really wonderful things about my life. You know, in the grand yeah. scheme of things, I have a wonderful, wonderful life, and I'm very privileged. And at the same time, this sucks. And both things can be true at the same time. But Darren, I, I appreciate your words. I think they're beautiful. In fact, I think you should write them down and put them on the website. And I'd love you to text them to me because they will be comforting. And hopefully, and I think they were comforting to a lot of people tonight. At the end of the day, Darren, this will be my final thought, I think. Um, oh, my other happy honker goes to the refs. I thought this was a great officiated game. There weren't a ton of flags. It was a quick game. We can talk about that at uh, Wednesday. But I really appreciate you, Darren, and, and all the fire starters. It's been a ton of fun. And at the yeah. end of the day, and I'm not feeling, I'm faking it right now, but I will feel this in a few days. <laughs> Football the, and being a Bomber fan, it, 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 as much as I hate to say it, it's not about it. Is, as much as it is, as it is about winning and losing and having those rings, those replica rings and having three in a row. It's about who you watch it with. It's about the because there's as much as there's a culture of the team, there's a culture of the fans and there's a culture of bonfire. And um it's been just a blast. And and I and for me, it's about the people I take to the game, Darren. It's about you and I getting to chop up and talk about football. It's about me yeah. getting to learn from you and, and the fire starters about football. Getting to hobnob with guys like uh, Taylor Allen and uh, Josh Fry-Sab and, and uh, Danny Austin and Ted Wyman and Jeff Hamilton. Like, yeah. it's been an absolute blast, buddy. And, and just getting to know all of you and, and, you know, everyone from the people like Sandy who make us mugs to the people I just see here once in a while, Andrea yeah. Kohas, like, it's just, that's what it's about. And that's 100%. why I'm still wearing the chain because the chain is, is, is the, this is the chain gang and it's, and it's all about family and memories and, and, and just, it's the bigger picture. The loss sucks. And um, it's a black and white thing. And at the same time, it's uh, it's a joy to be in this community and, and, and have all these friends and we'll do a bonfire wrap up and we'll invite everybody at Shannon's yes. at some point, buddy. That's... I'll get to meet the legend Chris Walby, hopefully early in the evening before he's I... forgotten everything. We, we got to talk about Shannon's, right? They threw an awesome Grey Cup party today and tonight. They are going to be open tomorrow for the Jets game. Zach, this is where you can go and bring in some of that appreciation for your fellow sports fan, for your bonfire fire starters community, for your Jets fan community, all of that. We're going to have Jets coverage here all through the winter, so keep it locked to bonfire. Don't leave us. We got you covered. Uh, but go head to Shannon's Irish Pub. Just a saucer pass, Zach down the street from uh, True North Square, uh, 175 Carlton, 21 beers on tap, amazing food. you got to try the wild boar burger, the venison burger. Their wings are off the charts. So good. Gerard is a legit chef. You are not going to get regular pub food at Shannon's Irish Pub. Iconic spot under the streets of downtown Winnipeg. If you've never been, or if you've been there a million times before, go check them out. Tell them Bonfire spent, sent you a uh, big shout out to them uh, for all their support uh, through the football season and uh, now into uh, the Winnipeg Jets season. But I I'm with you, Zach. Um, you know, the, the community that we have witnessed grow with us here and, and really beyond has been awesome. You know, amazing response uh, from people this year. It's been great. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Super fun. Uh, it's growing. And uh, shout out to the, the the folks that got to Shannon's tonight. Uh, One bird. I know we were we were DMing a little bit. Uh, uh, Dennis or Denis. I got to meet you. I got to get that straight. You you never get that. You never it's reply. Bo- on. It's Is both. It both. But he goes by Dennis. He goes yeah, by Dennis. Dennis. Yes, yes. And Dennis, I apologize. I'm never going to have that play chart again, uh, my notes. You're just going to be disappointed in me. But anyway, uh, it's getting late, guys. I'm sure everybody has lives they've got to get to. And Darren, you've been uh, pulling yeoman's work, and uh, you got to get to bed. i got to get to bed. Uh, we'll, we'll keep talking. Uh, love everybody here, though. And it, it sucks, and yet it's a privilege and a joy to talk about yeah. the Bombers and, and have such a great team. And, and you know, Sometimes it just doesn't work out and, and that sucks, and but it's still fun too, right? So here we go. Yeah. Uh, final football thought as we wrap it up. Uh, Dalton Schoen likely won't be here. I wouldn't say that so fast. Greg Ellingson, Stanley Bryant, Jamarcus Hardrick, Adam Big Hill, Mike Miller. Who will be back? Who won't be? We will find out in the coming times. We're going to get into all of that. Uh, a little bit of a sober second thought, of course, from the one and only Zach Schnitzer uh, on Wednesday night with Bonfire Midweek. Uh, I'm going to do my best to get home and get on the video editor and uh, post a whole bunch of post-game reactions. So tons more stuff coming here on Bonfire Sports. Bonfire Hockey launching soon. Uh, really excited for that. Uh, but we're going to talk about all that and so much more on Bonfire Midweek. So Zach Thank you, my friend. Great job on uh, After Dark all season long. You and I will wrap things up on uh, Bonfire Midweek this Wednesday, 7.30 here on the channel. Love it, buddy. And and listen, hit the like and subscribe. More importantly, the subscribe button. Just hit it. Doesn't take much. Just hit it. Just hit the subscribe. And a thumb. Give us a thumb or two. Give us a thumb. We'll see you guys on Wednesday at 7.30. I cannot promise to rewatch the game. I don't I don't know if I'm ready for that, <laughs> but, uh, but I'll do a lot of reading about it, and uh, I'll give you some thoughts, and we'll hear some thoughts from you, uh, whether you're from Singapore or Mexico or, or Transcona. Uh, or Japan. Or Japan. <laughs> <laughs> or UK. We know we got a UK bomber. Um yeah. Buck Pierce Buck Pierce told me his family watches down in Southern California. Oh, super cool. Or Northern California. Sorry, Northern yeah, California. Yeah, Northern California. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh, hey. Worldwide, baby. And uh, enjoy enjoy the Jets game and hopefully they keep winning and take our mind off stuff. I'm going to the Jets game tomorrow night. I don't <laughs> I, I I need that badly and uh love everybody. Good night and uh yeah. Try and try and be thankful as much as you can and feel your feelings. Two things can be true at the same time. Um, not just that uh, Darren and I are just getting bigger and bigger foreheads, and 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 a few a few years from now, Darren, they'll 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 just be like, oh, well, you guys used to have such small foreheads, and now they're even bigger. Hey, it's all smart. Mine's been like this my whole life. I think. I think I've always had the high hair. Like, anyway, fingers crossed. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us here on Gray Cup Game Day After Dark, Zach. We will see you Wednesday night. Good night, everybody. Take care. We'll see you next time.